Evening, coming up in the next hour, Fran O'Sullivan on why the press gallery needs to grow up. Contact Energy on whether they've struck a deal to help Rio Tinto stay in New Zealand. And Gavin Gray out of the UK right now at seven past six. So we've got the first One News variant poll for the year. It shows steady as she goes for the coalition, but red flags for Chris Hipkins. Here are the numbers. National is on 38. That's up one. Labour on 28. No change. Greens on 12. Down two. Act on eight. Down one. Uh, New Zealand first steady on six. Te Pate Māori is up is on four, up two, and in the preferred Prime Minister stakes, Chris Luxon is steady on 25%. Chris Hipkins is on 15%, which is down a whopping 10 points. Winston Peters on 6%, up one. David Seymour on 4%, and Chloe Swarbrick is in the running on 4%, so he's probably going to end up being the Greens co-leader. And with us now, we have Nicola Willis, uh, the Finance Minister. Hey, Nicola. Hello. I tell you what, the thing that struck me about that poll is that is the most boring poll because literally nothing has changed apart from Chris Lux, uh, Chris Hipkins taking a fall there. I would have expected actually you guys to climb a little bit more given you're incumbent in government and it's a, it's after the summer period. What do you think? Well, we're really not focused on the polls right now. We're focused on the 100-day plan, making things happen. We're a long way away from an election, but I think that what the poll really just reflects is that people are supporting the party that they supported in the election, and that means that we are continuing to do well. Okay, I'll tell you what might actually bump your poll numbers up is these benefit sanctions. So what's the plan here? How many of these people do you want to get off the dole? Well, it's so striking when you look at the numbers that even while job vacancies were soaring under Labour, so were the number of people on a job seeker benefit. It used to be that the job seeker benefit numbers would track along at about the same level as the unemployment rate, but the two became completely detached. And what we also know is that under Labor, the use of sanctions plummeted. And our government has a pretty basic expectation, which is we'll be there for you when you need us. You'll be able to get social support in the form of a benefit, but you better do your bit. Turn up for the job interview. Make sure you're work ready. Come to the assistance seminars that you are offered. And if you don't do your bit, then yes, we will use sanctions against you. The last government had a soft touch and we saw the consequences of that. The evidence is more people sat on a benefit for longer. That's no life for them uh, and it's no good for the country either. And do you reckon that numbers will come off the benefit now that these sanctions are applied? I think that we will see that more people will be incentivised to move from welfare and to work because it's going to be harder to avoid their obligations. And actually, that's a positive thing for those individuals because a life dependent on welfare is not an easy life. And actually, helping people into work is a good, kind thing. You know, the stats now show that if a young person goes on to a young unemployment benefit, statistically, they're going to spend up to 24 years on that benefit. That is not a life of choice and opportunity. We want better for them, and so a bit of tough love yeah. is needed, and we're going to deliver it. Okay, here's the thing, though. You, what you guys are doing at the moment is you're just applying the rules as they are, right? But in the election campaign, you actually campaigned on doing more than this and actually introducing more tests for these guys. Are you still planning to do that? Yes, that's right. So this is step one. Step one is apply the law that currently stands. You know, the last minister uh, said that the law should only be used sparingly and as a last resort, that was Labour Minister Carmel Cipollone. Our Minister Louise Upson's making it very clear to her officials, use the law, apply the rules. And when will you roll Second out the next step, stage? 
Uh, the, the next stage uh, the, the Minister is working on, and you'll see that from us later this year, okay. uh, and that's going to be uh, mandatory reapplication for your job seeker support. You'll have to do that every six months, and that's to weed out people in the system who are sitting there who shouldn't be anymore. Uh, then we're going to have our traffic light system where those who are not uh, meeting their obligations are moved into a sanction regime. Uh, and we've also got our welfare that works policy, which is about wrapping extra support around young unemployed people. So lots more to come in this space, but the general view our government takes is you're better off in work than on welfare. So if you can work, you should, and the system needs to support you to do that. Um, yesterday, the Prime Minister was warning in the State of the Nation speech about some tough decisions that not everyone's going to like. What are you guys talking about here? Well, you know, today we came out with this policy and you had Labour crying a river and saying that it was terrible and cruel. Well, uh, they may not like it, but we actually think it's cruel to let people languish on a benefit for extended periods of time. And there will be other policies like that where we take a view that making uh, the decision we make is the right one. So, for example, soon we'll be uh, announcing uh, legislation on gangs and our position prior to the election was that we didn't think gang members should be able to intimidate others by wearing their gang patch in public. Now, some people might not like that, and I think you'll have probably people who will say that it's a breach of all sorts of things, but actually, the tough choice we're making is that we think it's right to send gangs a message that we're not going to tolerate their intimidation and fear in our community. Did you see the story today about what St John is doing with its ambulances? No, I missed that, Heather. I've had a back-to-back day, I'm afraid. Okay, so the story is that St John at the moment, if they have got staff who are calling in sick or they've got staff who are going on leave, they are parking the ambos up. They're not paying for backup staff to come in 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 a bid to save costs. Are you open to potentially giving them some money to help them out here? Well, look, I'd have to understand what the financial situation is there, but, of course, we want an an active ambulance service that's working well. So um, that's something that I'd talk to Dr Rissi about. I'm always... Very loath to say, here's the check, I'll, I'll um, write it, what's the number yeah. you want me to put in? Because the first thing needs to be, where's the current money going? Is it being used efficiently? Are they using it for the right stuff? Well, that's a very good question to ask, given the circumstances of the name change and stuff. That seems to have been what caused people to get angry. Um, on the cancelled ships, right, where there are 22 available globally, well, there are 22 globally in the used market that can handle the cook straight, but none of them are for sale. So what do we do now? Well, first of all, on that 22 number, that's ships within a certain set of specifications. So one of the things I'm tasking my ministerial advisory group with is thinking, have we got those specifications right? Is there a broader pool of ships that we could be looking at? Second thing we've got the option of doing is looking at shipping companies around the world and saying, are there any ships that would be suitable that we could lease or we could hire either for a short or medium term? Uh, And then the third option, of course, that we can look at is maybe we need a bridging solution and then a longer-term solution. So there are a lot of options, Heather, and I think the important thing with this whole issue is to remember, right now we have a ferry service across the Cook Strait run by Bluebridge, private company. Mm. It operates effectively and reliably and safely without a dollar of public money. So the question I'm asking is how are Blue Bridge able to do that, but the inter-islander needs to come to the taxpayer for Mm. billions of dollars worth of checks. And so we need to make sure we're being really sharp about this, 
really efficient because every dollar we're spending unnecessarily on ferries is a dollar that's not available for classrooms, hospitals and police. Fair question. Okay, now yesterday at the big gay out when the Prime Minister was hassled until he left, what happened to you? Did you leave in a hurry too? (laughs) No, the funny thing was as soon as the Prime Minister left and the cameras turned off, no one was interested in protesting anymore. Who'd have thought it? (laughs) So did you just carry on having a nice time? Yeah, it was a bit of a performance for the cameras and... um, and then I, yeah, I did carry on having a nice time in the sun. And, you know, I turned to the man from the Burnett Foundation who was uh, hosting us. And I said, oh, that's all a shame. He said, it's a real shame. We're here to discuss health issues. And we've been hijacked by Palestinian protesters. Yeah. Hardly the spirit of the day. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. Nicola, thank you very much. Nicola Willis, Finance Minister. I don't know if you saw Nicola at the big gay up, but she had a rainbow skirt and it was quite fun. Like, if you're going to go to the big gay out, that's the kind of thing you want to wear. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.